Hello, and welcome to the special monthly bonus installment of Fully Booked and Caffeinated, Bookish Banter and More. I'm Heather. And I'm Kelsey. And on these episodes, we discuss what other books we read this month and whether or not we we recommend them, as well as other pop culture we are loving. Sure do, because we (laughs) love our pop culture. Oh, yes. So as per usual, before we jump into the episode, let's talk about the caffeinated portion. Yes. So... I am simple Heather today. I just made uh, one of my coffee cake cups, put my Rice Krispies, Rice Krispies, oh my God, <laughs> I can't talk, Rice Krispies creamer in there. But what makes it special is it's in my new mug that I did not need that has Snow White on it. You, I would argue that you needed it. But <laughs> and if an there's enabler. one thing about me is I am a total Disney adult. So if I see a Disney mug that I need, I'm going to buy it. <laughs> And don't worry, you're allowed to judge her because I do. Yes. Um, <laughs> it is a very cute mug. I can attest to that. Yeah, it's like one of those Ray Dunn mugs from uh, Marshalls. Yeah. She has all those cool looking mugs. I love them. They're huge. It's a big mug, but I like it. Yeah, that's a big one. What about you? I have a shocking surprise. Oh, no. I, Kelsey, have a Starbucks coffee today. What? Like an actual Starbucks like coffee. Like an actual, you hear that ice? Yeah, it's clinking around. <laughs> I got a cold brew with a shot of espresso, brown sugar syrup, you know, that's my jam, mm-hmm. and a little cream. And I'm just living my best life over here with my, my thin plastic cup, my metal straw. Looks good. It looks good. There was, they have that one of those upside down drinks that you get. And they said to, I think it was, it might have just been like a vanilla one, but it had mentioned to substitute it with the brown sugar syrup. And it's I mean, even better. I was going to say, but how could it not get better? By yeah. Because I do like those it. like espre- upside down espresso drinks or whatever they call them. Yeah. I and don't know. Or the, or the, oh no, the shaken, the ice shaken espresso lattes or whatever they oh, are. Oh, okay, okay. And I think the original flavor is a, is a vanilla or something, but mm-hmm. um, I saw an article that said to substitute it with the brown sugar syrup. Yeah, I was worried that the brown sugar syrup was a temporary thing because they did it when they did some kind of like the brown sugar shaken espresso drink or whatever. And they had that with the cold foam, but then they still have the syrup. So I'm just over here living my best life. As long Maybe as they they'll keep it. it for a bit. I hope they keep it forever. Well, I went to Starbucks last week and they still had the peppermint mocha. I think that oh. they just buy it in bulk, obviously. Oh, yeah. And they just sell it until it, it runs out. I actually, one year for Eric's, part of Eric's Christmas gift, I got him a jug of the white chocolate Starbucks syrup. Like, it was literally a Costco size <laughs> of the syrup. How long did it take him to go through it? It took him, I think we had it for like eight months before it expired. And there was only, I mean, he got through at least three quarters of it. That's good. <laughs> but also, you know, that shit is just like full of sugar. You know, oh, I know. Like 10 pumps per oh, drink. Oh, I know. <laughs> I was like, this is a bad idea. But it just shows you could literally buy anything on eBay. <laughs> Oh, is that where you got off? Off eBay? Yeah. And it was like unopened. Like it's obviously not like someone was using it in their house. (laughs) I thought, I thought you could actually go to Starbucks and ask them if you can buy syrup. I could be wrong. But I think someone had said, had said that before. But that's probably like location specific. Yeah, definitely. Wow. I'm going to go and be like, excuse me. Can I please have this brown sugar (laughs) syrup? (laughs) 
I need, need it. a whole jug. I know it's large, but I need it. I do buy the Tarani brown sugar cinnamon syrup, though, and that's an okay substitute. So I need to start trying those syrups in my coffee. I just get, like, Coffee Mate creamer. Yeah. But I feel like you can make more fun. When I use my Nespresso, eventually, I'm going to want to get those syrups so I can make oh, yeah. fancy coffees at home. And they have so many different flavors. I always get the sugar-free ones. I don't. They also have the skinny syrups, but I don't like those ones. I think they're too. I tried sweet. skinny syrup, the alcohol mixers, and I didn't like them. Oh, okay, yeah. They're so they're I'm kind assuming of like medicinal. Yeah, it's not tasty. And if I'm gonna drink something, I want it to be tasty. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna ruin my delicious <laughs> coffee with no, some absolutely syrup. not. <laughs> Anyway. coffee too much. <laughs> anyway, cheers. <laughs> cheers. Happy podcasting. <laughs> All right. So, Kelsey, why don't you get us started on your February reads and your thoughts on them? Okay. This month, I did not go off on just, I don't know what it took over me in January that I read 60 million books. Uh-huh. I was able to take it down a notch and read a normal amount. <laughs> There's no such thing as a normal amount. You could either you can read one book and still be accomplished, or you could read fifteen books like you did last month and be accomplished. Yeah, yeah. But I was a little. I was like, "Wow, I'm over. My brain is overloaded. Like I need to relax a little bit." So I read. Actually, my first book is the Book of Cold Cases by Simone St. James, which I read in January after we recorded, Mm -hmm. and I had to bring it up because I loved it. I thought it was so good. It's really good if you like a little bit of spooky, but not too much spooky. And then obviously like the thriller and even like a true crime-esque genre. So that was really good. Um, I read The Girl in 6E by A.R. Tori. I loved this book. It's not necessarily a thriller, so it's better to just go into it blind. But I highly recommend um, unless you hate women, because it's a lot about women empowerment. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> if you hate women, you shouldn't be listening to this podcast. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> um, Eight Perfect Murders by Peter Swanson. That's a no for me. I thought mm. it was really, really boring. I just couldn't get into it. Uh, Gone to See the River Man by Christopher Triana. Triana, I'm, come on. You know I'm not going to say it right. Um, that one was really good. It's a a horror novel it's a little shorter and it's very dark and disturbing and twisted but the horror element was really good like it wasn't overdone it was it was pretty good i liked it and then lastly the cabin at the end of the world by paul tremblay which unpopular opinion i hated this book i gave it (laughs) one star oh no yeah hated it and there's actually a movie adaptation that's in theaters right now, which is called, it's based off of it, and it's called Knock at the Cabin. It's written and directed by the master of twists, M. Night Shyamalan. Mm-hmm. So I really want to see the movie because I know that the movie is going to be different than the book because, like, the book didn't have any twists. So I'm okay. like, M. Night Shyamalan is probably going to make it more interesting and twisty. You know, and also and you you read the book, so you might as well watch the movie. Yeah, exactly. And like, if everyone loved the book so much, maybe I'll like the movie. I don't know. I just get curious about that, especially if it's like because a lot of people do really love this book. Obviously, they if they made it into a movie, 
So I just get curious about that. Like, even we talked about only uh, the Only Good Indians. I'm like, I would watch a movie yeah. of this because I'm so curious about it. Exactly. So, yeah, don't recommend the book, but we'll see about the movie. I'll report back. <laughs> That'll be on one of our catch-up corners on one of these exactly. episodes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. So what did you read? You you read a lot this month, Heather. I, I definitely read more than last month, including our book club book and our podcast books yes so i had a great reading month all these books i rated five or four stars i love to hear it they were really it was a really really good reading month so last month i had brought up twisted games i finished out the series and i read twisted hate and twisted lies both were fantastic each one i read i liked more and more than the other ones so really yeah the first book is twisted um Twisted Love, and I hated that one. So it took me a while before I got back into them. But Twisted Twisted Hate was very, very good. But Twisted mm-hmm. Lies was just phenomenal. Wow, you don't usually hear about it getting better. They all just got gradually better sequels. and gradually longer. <laughs> that, that's another problem. <laughs> like Twisted Twisted Lies had was, I think, five, over 500 pages. That's crazy. <laughs> but it's such an easy quick read that you don't notice how long it is right right now is this so, definitely the end of the oh series? yeah yeah okay. this is the okay. four so she started there was a character that shows up in two of the last books she took that character and she pulled him out and she's doing a new series with just him Okay, gotcha. It's called okay. King of Wrath. And so I'm, I have that on my TBR to read, too. She has one book out, and the second one, I think, comes out in, like, April or something. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, so she ended on a high note. That's nice. She did. Yes. And then I read After I Do by Taylor Jenkins Reid, which was very good. It's a romance novel. Highly recommend. I just love her. She's mm-hmm. quickly becoming a top five author for me. Okay. Every book I've read so far, I've loved. Mm-hmm. And... I cried. I'm pregnant, so I'm hormonal, but I cried. <laughs> <laughs> I read The House in the Pines, which by Anna Reyes, which is Reese Witherspoon's book club book of the month for her book club. Mm-hmm. Loved that. That was a really good thriller slash mystery. Definitely, definitely recommend. And this was okay. her her debut novel. So I'm very much oh, looking wow. forward. I'm very much looking forward to future novels because I've really enjoyed her writing style. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah. I like that that Reese uh, features mm-hmm. people who it's, you know, their their first novel or some that aren't even like that popular and stuff like that and gets them that exposure. It's pretty cool. And she does really good choices also with diverse authors. Yes. Because I believe yeah. she's Latinx. So I think that that's, yeah, it's really good. I started the Dreamland Billionaire series, which I am obsessed with. I read The Fine Print and Terms and Conditions so far, both by Lauren Asher. The third book actually came out this month. And as I mentioned before, I'm a Disney adult. And Dreamland is like a smaller version of Disney. Mm -hmm. And there's spice. And there's love. And I love it. So it's like spicy (laughs) Disneyland? There's everything. Yeah, kind of. (laughs) Wow. Okay. That sounds sounds like a lot. I know. All right. But my favorite book of the month that I read that I sobbed multiple times <laughs> and this author just pulls at your heartstrings because the other two books of hers i've read so far cried again she's becoming a very quick author for me that i'm loving i read the great alone by Kristen hannah which is a mm-hmm. historical fiction novel 
I could not recommend this book anymore. Like, it's probably, it's definitely the best book I've read so far this year. I know it's only February, but I think it's going to take a lot for anything to top this book. Oh, wow. Look out. Okay. Yeah. It was so good. So I have no complaints. Every book I read this month, I loved. That's amazing. I know. They've all been great. Yeah. You know, because last month I had some I didn't love, but this one I really, really enjoyed. Yeah, you even had a DNF last month. I did have a DNF last month. Wow. With the shit nuts. So, <laughs> don't talk to me about the shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, there were a couple books that were released this month that both of us are excited about. For me, it was the fourth book in the Never After series by Emily McIntyre, and this one was titled Twisted. I haven't gotten a chance to read it yet, but the reviews I've seen on our favorite app, Goodreads, seems promising, which I'm not surprised because <laughs> okay. the other three books were pretty fantastic. They're based on they're basically steamy adaptations of disney characters but she completely changes she'll take the characters but switch them around and make them morally gray like the first one was peter pan the second one was lion king the third one was wizard of oz i think this one is based on aladdin i mean which is even crazier because a lot of the disney movies are morally gray (laughs) I know. <laughs> questionable. So they're themes. they're not they're not like absolutely taken from there. She just takes right. the characters and kind of like how Once Upon a Time is like Yes. Absolutely. In, inspired by all of this stuff. Yeah. So which that I used to love that show. Me too. Don't even oh, wait. So you loved that show. Did we never talk about this before? I don't think so. I was obsessed with it. It was well, of course you're obsessed with it. It's based off Disney. Okay. I know. It's but given. I was I was Emma Swan one time, one year for Halloween. Were you really? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I was obsessed was with really Killian Jones. Good. Yeah. I think, I don't think I watched the last season. It wasn't by great. then it was just like out of control. But that, that was a pretty good show. I kind of want to rewatch it now. that one holds up. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. All right. So that was All my right. anticipated <laughs> February release. Do you want to talk about yours? Yes. So I am looking forward to it. Actually, um, comes out february 28th so it's not even technically out Mm -hmm. yet but uh the angel maker by alex north and i've read two other books by alex north um the whisper man and the shadows and both uh whisper man i gave five stars shadows i gave four stars like i just love alex north he's a master of sinister creepiness and all of his books have children in them which, like, the children aren't the creepy part, but, like, the children are, like, being targeted or oh, whatever. Okay. So it makes it even creepier, and, like, the stakes are higher, and I just really, really like him as an author, so I'm like, I don't think that he could do any wrong. So I'm really excited for that one. I have his books on my list to read. Yeah, I've the, heard the really Whisper good Man is, is really, really good. That's, that's one of the best uh, books that I read last year. That's awesome. Yeah, both good books. Can't wait to read them. So we have a lot of book news to kind of discuss. We each have two two items on mm-hmm. our itinerary. So the first one, I saw this all over Bookstagram. And it's a pretty common occurrence. But apparently Amazon is taking books down from Kindle just without notice. <laughs> like taking them down for purchase or taking them away if you've already purchased them? I will read you the article blurbs. Okay. It's actually part of the Kindle Unlimited 
platform, gotcha, which okay. I told you about. I do that. That's how I read mm-hmm. a lot of my books. You, it's you pay. I think it's like nine ninety nine a month, and you have access to a full library of mm-hmm. books that are available that you can download. You can't keep. You can't keep them. You can keep, I think, up to like ten or fifteen books, but then you have to. Okay. Re- it's almost like a library. You have to return them after you try to add something new to your library. It right. only holds so much. And not all books. So like, brand, no, not all brand books. new releases aren't. Gonna no, be but it has rock paper scissors on there. So I'm gonna try to get to that one eventually. Oh, okay, that was a good one. Yeah, they have a couple of good thrillers on there, and a lot of a lot of indie authors are on there. So a lot of these romance books that I read are by indie authors. Gotcha. Okay. So, all right. How well is Amazon actually taking care of the indie authors who contribute to its Kindle Unlimited platform? On the surface, Amazon's Kindle Direct Publishing, or KDP for short, program seems like a game changer in the world of self-publishing. Countless indie authors found that they could self-publish their books with little hassle via Amazon and have them made accessible to large audiences. Additionally, Authors get to choose payment plans that range from 35 to 70% royalties. KDP has granted opportunities to many indie authors and offers great visibility to their work. However, Amazon certainly has its flaws, which we know this. Yes. (laughs) Don't get me started on that. (laughs) For multiple reasons. And it has been known to do little to stop fraud and abuse taking place on its platform, harming both sellers and consumers. Just as Amazon refused to combat unethical third-party selling, it is now failing to use its resources to combat piracy, letting authors take the brunt of the negative effects instead. So several authors have begun speaking out about the harsh nature of Amazon's exclusivity rules. Authors like Carissa Broadbent have reported having their Kindle Unlimited books taken down with no warning or notice due due to being victims of piracy. Broadbent reiterated that she had no control over the piracy of her work and Amazon's extreme reactions to any violations of the agreement took no notice of this fact. Instead, she received a vague email stating her book had been taken down and and realized her monthly income had been snatched away with no notice. (gasps) Oh my goodness. So basically, if you choose to enroll your work onto these KDP programs, you're forced to basically not be able to post it anywhere else. And if okay. it is, Amazon considers it piracy and just immediately takes it down without notice or payment, which is obviously so screwed up. So you're basically completely limiting, not limiting because obviously Amazon has such a huge reach, but you are still limiting what you can do to promote your own work. Yeah. And then, like they said, once it's gone, that's your income. That's what you were completely relying on because you knew that you couldn't have it anywhere else oh that is yeah so these indie authors are forced to try to fight amazon to get their work back up sometimes they're successful sometimes they're not it's it's crazy and then they're losing out on this hard hard work income yeah they have so yeah that's why a lot of people say it's better to you know buy your books from bookstores or thrift Mm -hmm. stores or but obviously the digital platform is easier for some people too yeah yeah it's one Especially, of those things like how obviously it's better to, you know, support small bookstores, mm-hmm. which we obviously do, but we also buy from Amazon and Barnes and Noble and yeah. stuff too. But it's like, how judgmental can you be, you know? Agreed. And the Kindle Unlimited program is kind of a good financial choice because you're only spending X amount of money a month, but you're reading multiple books. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, it's, 
it's like a catch-22. You know, there's positives, but there's obviously cons. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's obviously so hard for some of these authors to go against Amazon. Like, I'm surprised mm-hmm. any of them <laughs> win at all. I know. Exactly. So <laughs> my have, second... Sure they have to jump yeah. the hoops. Yeah. But. My second piece of news <clears throat> is that the Harry Potter cast might be coming back for Cursed Child. <laughs> I cannot believe this. So it's not like proven but I'll, I'll get into it so warner brothers is looking to fund another harry potter project which ceo david zaslov deems profitable despite the controversy that author jk rowling has gone into zaslov r- remains her trusted ally which gross don't but. like that in fact known leaker wdw pro revealed that the studio plans to reboot the franchise with a brand new cast did you know that no right the Isn't whole franchise crazy? with a different cast? Yeah. But based on the same story? It seems that way. That sounds dumb, but okay. Yes. So, aside from the rumored remake of the Harry Potter films, there have been plans to adapt the Harry Potter and the Cursed Child play that premiered in the West End in 2016. Mm-hmm. The story follows the adventures of Harry Potter and Draco Malfoy's sons, Albus and Scorpius. Mm-hmm. So since Warner Brothers owns the right to the Cursed Child stage play, there is a huge possibility that it will push through. Original cast Daniel Radcliffe, Emma Watson, and Rupert Grint will also be at the same age as the characters in the next five years. Oh, yeah, because they're the parents. Yeah. So there's talk about those three potentially coming back to reprise their roles in the movie, but it has not been confirmed, and the odds are probably like 2080. Well, yeah, because... I don't even know if they would be willing. They've spoken out so much about escaping the Harry Mm -hmm. Potter world and that like culture and stuff. And Daniel Radcliffe had said that the only way he would ever come back is if the script was restructured to how he wanted it to be. Okay. So it's probably not going to happen, but it would be cool. (laughs) I would love if it did. I have such, I have such a conflicting relationship with anything Harry Potter because I want more, 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 and I never want it to stop. But I also don't want JK Rowling to get shit. So that's a conversation for another day. But I know because I even heard that the new game that's out Hogwarts Legacy, even though she had nothing to do with it, I think she still gets royalties from it. Yeah, because they're using the name and the trademarks and stuff. Mm -hmm. Also, everyone says that game is amazing. I want it so bad. (laughs) Yeah, Erica's like, Oh, like, it's really worth it. Like, I'll get it on my computer everyone's saying that you know it's what i've heard too everyone really really likes it yeah and i'm not exactly a gamer but like you could be for the right reasons (laughs) (laughs) what's your book news okay so first i have this article written by barry pierce for gq britain and it's basically about book talk being a lifestyle aesthetic instead of actually about books so he just goes and says okay so he's he's a former booktuber he used to like review books and stuff on youtube and he basically just has this whole article talking about how people aren't actually into books they're just doing it to appear like they're into books and that it's making it really hard for a lot of authors to be exposed and to get, you know, themselves seen and blah, blah, blah. So here's a little blurb from the article. Great. There's an uncanny falseness behind it all, a showy nothingness that only approximates bibliophilia. 
who doesn't want to be seen as literary? Being perceived as having read a lot of books warrants a fair share of cultural capital. If you can fake it, then why not? Which, like, <laughs> you sound salty. Yeah, Because you participated in BookTube. And basically just the fact that you didn't participate in Book Talk and it took off without you and now you're not a part of it and you're not benefiting from it. Now you just sound salty that you're not getting, like, mm-hmm. you didn't think of it first. So a lot of influential book talkers have come out you know in response to the article saying that it's bullshit and book talk has helped get exposure for a lot of marginalized authors it, it has helps, yeah like i mean we've talked about that before and yeah it's so true um it's helped bookstores with sales where we all know that bookstores have been dying off in recent years so it just kind of comes off as like whiny and he is just mad that he missed the boat that he's not on the most like current social media platform so but i thought that that was interesting to bring up because definitely because people on book talk were popping off um and to circle back to the bookstores it's actually really cool i see so many people posting to bookstagram that Barnes and Nobles and other bookstores, they make just like a whole section for like book talk books. Yes. So there was a little controversy with Barnes and Noble because they had started um, organizing book talk events, Mm. but they weren't including any book talk influencers. Uh. So they kind of got a little backlash from that. Like they were basically using book talk to generate business, but not actually using the people from the platform who made it what it is. Um, but yes, they have been doing a lot of that. And I think after that backlash, they started getting people more involved in it, but yeah, they, they'll even have like trending on book talk or like they'll do the videos, you know, uh, of employees saying like, these are the popular books on book talk and whether I'd recommend them. Like, so they are definitely playing up to it, which yeah. I don't blame them. <laughs> I don't yeah, blame me them either. at all. Especially if it's helping boost their sales. Yeah, exactly. And like. They're still a major company who's going to do whatever they have to do to make money, but I'm not going to be mad at, about a bookstore because I love me some Barnes and Nobles, so <laughs> I, I can't be mad about it. Eric is so <laughs> mad because our Barnes and Nobles here, it's been building a new cafe for years, and Eric <laughs> is taking like, so long. when is this going to open? <laughs> oh, I love the cafe. They have the best little treats I in know, because it just keeps saying, like, coming soon, and Eric like, well, when is it coming? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, why is it taking them so long? That's I know. Ridiculous. <laughs> okay, so my second piece of news is that Roald Dahl's books are being rewritten. So a bunch of his, well, Roald Dahl is famous for a bunch of children's books, mm-hmm. Matilda, James the Giant Peach, to name, you know, a few. Um, so his books are being rewritten and republished in coordination with Inclusive Minds, which is basically an organization aiming for inclusivity and diversity in children's books and their publisher Puffin. So they're not rewriting the books. They're basically just removing words like fat and ugly. They're using more gender, gender neutral terms. They're not, it's not like they're changing everything to they, them, but they are changing like the Oompa Loompas are now little people instead of little men. Okay. Um, so it's like ways that aren't actually changing the story, but they're just removing these somewhat offensive, like fat and ugly, you know, like these terms that don't really contribute to the story and are, you know, like these are children's books. 
So yeah, no, that's interesting because I was listening to the R.L. Stein Armchair Expert episode from last year, and he had brought that up that he's starting to write Cabbage Patch, the Garbage Pail Kids. He's yeah, writing yeah. books, and they said, you know, pick a couple characters, and he was limited because so many yeah. of the characters have really derogatory names that are kind those of are from canceled the 80s, or right. Yeah, so obviously a lot has changed since when those things came out. So he's yeah. kind of strapped for what he can do and he even says when he's cuz he's still writing like goosebumps books and there's certain words he's not allowed to use, there's certain things he's not yeah. allowed to do because it's now considered inappropriate or like you said not good for children. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like there's a difference between like some people are saying like, oh, this is censorship and blah, blah, blah. But like these are children's books. Like why do you Agreed. need to have the words fat and ugly in there? Yeah. So basically I think it can it goes two ways. Like Roald Dahl was hugely anti-Semitic and like just a real piece of trash. And so I feel like there's nothing wrong with this because it's not affecting the story and it's getting some of those triggering words out. But here's the the part that people have an issue with. So Netflix recently acquired all of the rights to all of Roald Dahl's books. So basically what it's turning into is a marketing scheme to re-release all of these books, make big budget adaptations on Netflix, and be able to use the new editions for marketing campaigns. So I obviously don't find that surprising, like they got to make that money. But it's just a little depressing to see that there always has to be a reason, like a like mm-hmm. a, a financial reason to make these kind of changes when you could just take out the words fat and ugly and just like, Oh, I, I agree. There's you know? always a financial motive behind any of decisions. Yeah. And especially with someone as big as Netflix. Like, yeah. Are you kidding? <laughs> so I'm interested to see once they start uh, reproducing a lot of these into adaptations and stuff and if they're going to be for children or you know who they're going to be geared towards yeah that's definitely something to keep an eye out for yeah and then i have one more thing that's just a little honorable mention piece of info okay so seven husbands of evelyn hugo we already knew that it was being adapted into a movie yes originally it was picked up by freeform but then they yeah they recently oh. announced, well, they announced that it's actually picked up by Netflix. So like, okay, okay, huge improvement. And also they announced that Liz Tigelar, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Um, she's going to do the adaptation. She's the woman who did Little Fires Everywhere. Oh, that was good. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, improvement to Netflix. And that's going to be a really, really good writer and producer. Is it going to be a movie or a series? It's going to be a movie. And okay. That, some people... that actually, I could see, I could understand why people would want it. I, I read it. You didn't. No, no, I read it. And I could, actually, I think it would be better as a series. Everyone is saying it would be better as a series because a different section for each husband. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, they literally, since they announced that Netflix picked it up and that, um, that she was going to be doing the adaptation, nothing else has come out. There's no release date. Mm-hmm. There's no casting. There's no nothing. So I wonder if that could still change, you know, once they get into the writing process for it. I don't know. Um, but like you said, I haven't read it yet. So I don't have an opinion on how it would be best. But I'm really excited to read it and then watch it on Netflix. Yes. <laughs> yes. And that's like an Easter egg because it's going to be a future episode on the podcast. 
Yes, exactly. So get excited for that. Woohoo. So aside from our reading, we also watch too much TV. Mm-hmm. And yes. you and I actually watched a lot of the same stuff this month. Yes. Take away like one or two things. And so the new season of Outer Banks came out this month. Just dropped. I never watched it. So I decided to rip off the Band-Aid and start it. And I've only watched season one so far. And I watched it with my husband, who now is obsessed with it. Like your boyfriend. Yeah. Don't know why. (laughs) I wonder how many people are just screaming right now. Don't do it. I know. Turn back now. Because I am caught up on Outer Banks. My boyfriend is literally obsessed we just started the new season that just came out. We're only three up, two, three episodes in. And it's just, it's outrageous. It's wild. Mm-hmm. It's a good show, but it's, it's ridiculous. Well, I just have to tell you, and I told you this before, Eric's one comment is, where are these children's cell phones? <laughs> <laughs> They're 16. They're 16 years old. Like, they should have a cell phone. Yes. And they just don't. They don't. <laughs> Not a cell phone in sight. There are some cell phones in season three, just so you know. Oh, they okay. Really, so it. All right. Yeah. Okay. They really up the ante with the technology Great. in season three so far. Great. <laughs> <laughs> so for anyone listening who has not watched Outer Banks and is thinking about it, I do recommend it. But I also have to let you know that once you're in, you're in and you're going to want to stop watching it, but you can't. And you're going to think it's ridiculous, but you have to watch it anyway. And that's that. So now it's we're in the cult of Outer Banks. Pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Also, you came out the first half of it. They're releasing Mm -hmm. the back half next month. You just binged it all yesterday, basically, right? Yes. Yes. I binged it the day it came out. And it's completely different than the previous seasons and i personally loved this season Mm -hmm. i like like the murder mystery vibe to it yeah it's like a reverse whodunit murder mystery yes so if you haven't watched it yet like i don't know skip ahead yeah (laughs) yeah skip ahead maybe two or three minutes i'm not sure because i'm gonna we're gonna talk about a spoiler that happened i knew it i knew it was reese oh yeah absolutely absolutely there's this conspiracy theory that I saw on TikTok or I read an article, either one. Same thing. Only <laughs> people think that Reese is a figment of Joe's imagination. Okay. Okay. I th- I was wondering if that's what you're going to say. Yeah. Because, because. Go ahead. Go ahead. Because every time that there's a scene with Reese, no one else talks to him. It's only him that talks <gasps> to Reese. Oh. So like, for instance, in one of the first episodes that he meets them, they're at the bar only time that joe is speaking to reese there's no one else around and so everyone thinks that part of the conspiracy theory is that reese is just this person that doesn't really exist and joe or like he does exist because there's the book yeah but that joe has created him after because he binged like he flew through the book that the student gave him yes and so now he's created this this figment of his mind and joe is actually the one killing these people but he's blaming it on Reese. I but don't think it's this like... is a conspiracy. I think this is a spoiler because this sounds a hundred percent spot on. 
I know, but I don't think it's true. I think that Reese is real, and I think that he is the one doing this. I don't know, but... because when they showed, like, when uh, Rold was doing his whole thing when he was about to start hunting Joe through the woods, and he was, like, talking about the murders, and obviously they show Joe committing the murders, like, how he would have the opportunity to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that was when I was kind of like, wait a second, because I also thought it was Reese all along, but that that it it seemed too easy so that's why i feel like there could be a conspiracy i know I but know. then i also wondering if they're throwing this in there to make you think that it's what it is but it's really because i feel like you does a lot of kind of throwing in red herrings that's to throw true. you off that's very that true, aren't yeah. really that aren't really true so but i'm excited i'm sad it's the final season i know it's been dragged on but i do love it it's a good guilty pleasure i show. do love it too and i think that like yes you can have your issues with some of the individual episodes or like whatever but the way they tie everything together like the last episode of the previous season was amazing like the way yeah. that they tied it all together and wrapped it up i thought was so good and even though this season is very different and has a very different feel it is still the same joe like he still is disposing of bodies he still falls into the extremely rich crowd that he doesn't fit mm-hmm. into so like it does still have the same general feel but just like this cool added element so it's not just another love story because we don't need any more of those from Jeff. <laughs> no <laughs> definitely not so that's why i like that they kind of took this on a different route yeah and so I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how it's going to end yeah definitely and you watched another scripted show i think you had on your yeah so well first i tried the patient with um steve carell oh on yeah Hulu. i heard about that i couldn't get into it people say it's terrible i which i'm so upset because i really love mm-hmm. steve carell and i was like oh i'll watch anything with him in it but i watched the first two episodes and even like his acting was kind of bad. And I was mm-hmm. like, is this on purpose? I don't know. I didn't watch long enough to decide. So that I couldn't get into. But I did watch uh, Red Rose on Netflix, which is a British... They call it a... a um, Kurt, what do I say? A horror series, but something like current horror or something. Present horror. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> uh, because it has like technology and stuff in it. Oh, okay. Um, so it's basically the idea is that it's this app that you download on your phone and it just slowly starts taking over your life, like ruining all of your friendships, ruining your relationships, and then ultimately like people just start dying left and right. So that's almost kind of similar to that one Black Mirror episode about social media. Yes. Yes. It has those vibes. But then it's British, so obviously I, I love, love it. I love British shows. But it's, like, aggressively British to the point where, like, some of the words, I was like, I, I don't know what these words mean. And I watch a lot of <laughs> British TV, okay? <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> But I had on them subtitles, so we're good. But, yeah, I recommend it. It was good. At first, I was like, I don't know, because it's about high schoolers and, you know, you know but, how I feel about ages in these shows. But I know, but honestly... There's really good shows about teens. Yes. Yes. I didn't watch it, but I heard The Midnight Club on Netflix was pretty good. Didn't you? Did you watch that? I watched a couple episodes of it. Eric wasn't into it, so we we stopped watching it and I was like not invested enough to keep going with it. I mm-hmm. think the thing is I I love the high school shows, but it has to be somewhat believable. Like in yeah. Red Rose, the the parents are very involved. Like 
they're very present. So you know that they're high schoolers. Like, it's not mm-hmm. like they're just, like, running amok all the time, like in Outer Banks. I was just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why... Because Eric also more... says, where are the parents? <laughs> exactly. So I feel like that's why, that makes it a little more believable, and I can, I can watch it better. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that was a good one. What else did you watch? Well, we're both obsessed with Perfect Match on Netflix. 1,000%. But not for the reasons that you might think no it's actually a pretty terrible show but it's so good (laughs) yeah if you're looking for a dating show don't turn it on if you're looking for a dramatic netflix reality Reality. show yeah turn it on (laughs) yes yes it's not the con the concept of the show sounded good Mm-hmm. And then you watch it and you're like, no, this is not good. But I'm yeah. so invested and I love these people. So I'm going to watch it. Yeah. And like, <laughs> I just love watching these people self-destruct. Some of them because yeah. they're trash humans. And I'm only specifically talking about Bartise and Damien from Love is Blind. But <laughs> so like seeing them on the show is just so wild to have them back on my TV. Mm-hmm. Which, speaking of, we also watched um, Love is Blind After the Altar. That came Which, out you know this what? past month. I wasn't that impressed with it until the end part with like Raven and SK. But yeah. it was just okay. I agree. I thought it was boring. I thought it could have been one episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was basically the same thing as the reunion. Yeah, it really, it actually kind it of was. It was like the same drama, you know. So I wasn't crazy about that. Yeah, obviously they the, the bombshell about SK basically having multiple relationships, even though he was even though he proposed to Raven in love. After Why the altar, did he do that? But he was dating another woman. Well, then, so she went on Nick Vial's podcast and said mm-hmm. that basically SK was begging the producers to leave off the proposal for the final cut of after the altar so he knew no. that shit was about to explode in his face he was begging them to cut that like begging them to cut most of his interactions with raven so like he knew that he was gonna get caught out i mean because you always do obviously and it's just so shitty because he was one of my favorite people from the season i loved him and raven yeah, I and agree. i thought that he was so genuine and it turns out that no he's actually trash and also raven was so like, she came off as so shallow and just, like, focused on the wrong things. But then as the show went on, you realized that she, how deep she was and how, like, Agreed. kind and... I was obsessed with her. Toward, yeah. by, the, by the end of By the end of the season, I was, Raven was my obsessed. favorite girl. Yeah. Like, she, and she was there for the right reasons. Like, yes. ew, 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 I just used, like, a bachelor. Bachelor language. That was so gross. <laughs> that was so culty of me. Um... <laughs> But yeah, that was that was sad to see just that he was trash and she deserves so much better. Mm-hmm. And so does any of the other women that he was in relationships with. Yeah, it's like he's trash. Just terrible. Yeah. And then I got you addicted to Love Island UK, which I know you're like a little behind, I think you said. Yeah, but well, it, it's a lot to keep up with, to be fair, Heather. It's on every well, day. Every day. Week. So obviously we're... <laughs> We're like two weeks behind the original series because it takes place in the UK. So Hulu started it two weeks late, but they're putting an episode out each week like it's on now. Yeah. So, yeah. but this week is Casa More Week. 
I'm so excited for Casa Amor. And That's, I'm so excited. I live for Casa Amor. I already saw some spoilers for it, so it's. But I can't wait to see how it plays out because there's one couple that breaks apart that I was shook about. Oh, I'm excited. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, you also got me hooked on. Oh, I guess I'm skipping to the podcast, but love to see it. Mm-hmm. The podcast Bachelor does, Watch. Yeah. yeah. They do recaps of The Bachelor, mm-hmm. but they also have started a secondary series called Channel Surfing, which is on their regular feed, but they watch other dating shows apart from The Bachelor, and they did two episodes so far on The Perfect Match, which were, you know, little recaps, and they mm-hmm. obviously are as obsessed with dating shows and stuff as we are. So they know all of the characters, the characters, all of the people. And <laughs> I, I just love their podcast. I think it's really good. It's really, they're so funny. Fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love them. Obviously, we listen to their, their recap of The Bachelor, too. And they're so good with that. Yeah, they're really, really good. Another show that I'm obsessed with. Well, it's not even the show is great. It's the person that I'm obsessed with. I fucking love Gordon Ramsay. Like, <laughs> love him. And... If he has a competition cooking show, I'm watching it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So last year, th- this is the second season of it, but it's called Next Level Chef. And it's actually a really cool concept cooking competition. So that just started back up again. So I'm super excited about it. That's a good... I watched the first season. That's a really mm-hmm. good show. I yes. used to love MasterChef. I love it so much. Oh, my it's gosh. so good. And I love MasterChef Junior. These little kids are yeah. so much better at life than me and i'm oh my jealous God, i know and they just have so much discipline and they actually like doing it it's not like toddlers and tiaras like they actually just love cooking and i'm like i know this is so cute i know and podcasts that i love this month it's almost like little easter eggs like thrown out throughout the episode because you brought up you know roll doll and matilda and sounds like a cult did the cult of child stars yeah and mara wilson was a guest uh, on the show and she talked about some stuff and it's it was really good i feel yeah. so bad for these child stars like i didn't know that selena gomez her education stops at like eighth grade mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's crazy yeah there was a lot of things in there that was a really good episode but it just makes you think about all of your favorite childhood stars and just seeing how they ended up like i mean we know macaulay culkin and Lindsay yeah. Lohan and just like britney spears all of these people that we loved as kids and they just kind of didn't have any choice but to grow up in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. And it sucks because there's no one there to really take care of them. No, there's really not. Yeah. So that was a good episode. Yeah. And then I'm a huge fan of the country artist Kelsey Ballerini. And she got divorced, I think about two years now. And her ex-husband put out a song about it and everything. And so mm-hmm. she was... It's just, it's very, like, controversial. Like, he's kind of, he gaslights her, basically. Mm-hmm. And so she put out this EP that had, like, six songs on it that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I'm in a happy marriage, but I'm obsessed and I can't stop listening to it. It's just mm-hmm. so, so good. But she's dating Chase Stokes from Outer Banks. Yeah, yeah. So there's a little It's tie so in. cute. Yeah. It's so cute. And I love them. And he posts cute little pictures of them to a story all the time. And I'm like, I just love you guys. And I'm happy she's happy. But she talks. So she went on Call Her Daddy uh, podcast and she did she had said that she was going to do one interview about her ep and about her relationship with her ex mm-hmm. and so she chose this podcast and it's just a very emotional podcast and she opens up about things 
that happened during her relationship. And then, of course, her ex-husband, like, comes back and, like, slams her saying, you know, all the stuff you're saying isn't true, blah, blah, blah. But obviously, you know, so. Yeah. But he was, so when they met, she was, I think, 21 and he was, like, 29. Okay. So, and he's Australian. So, they got married when she was 23. And he would always say, I don't want to be an old dad. I want to have kids. And she's like, well, I'm not ready to have kids. Yeah. And then she child. So she brought up to him that she wanted to like freeze her eggs and he got pissed at her for it. (laughs) So, if you like, I just, I highly suggest it. It's just actually a really just good episode. It's just, it talks a lot about being in toxic relationships and and everything. So, I really, I I like Call Her Daddy too. That's a, I it's actually never listened podcast. to it. I only listened to it because I wanted to listen to that episode, but I, I yeah. did like it. Yeah, I listen uh, just like specifically if there's a guest that I want mm-hmm. to hear about. Like I listened to the Christine Quinn one um, from Selling Sunset, and that was good. But there's also um, there was an episode of another podcast that I'd never listened to, but I only listened to because of the episode. Yeah. The Diary of a CEO. And Lucy Hale was on it talking about so she recently came out and said that she's been sober for one year Mm -hmm. and basically on the podcast she talks about like I never even shared my sobriety journey with anyone no one knew that I was trying to get sober because no one knew that I even had a problem and she said that she started binge drinking at like 14 yeah I read that yeah and she's been trying to get sober since she was 20 and (sighs) she's 33 it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So she really goes into, you know, like the extent of how bad it was and why she turned to alcohol. And and that's a whole nother, like, she's also a child star. Yeah. Or, or who, you know, got very, very popular at a young overnight age. Yeah. at a young age and just felt like the only way to deal with things was to have that addiction. So it's so sad. And she like breaks down a bunch of times during the interview. So it's another really emotional one, but I love Lucy that. Hale. Yeah. I really yeah, like Lucy too. Hale. So I was, I was shocked to hear all of that. Cause she's, you know, never been open about that before. Yeah. I know. I read an article like last night, I think it was. And I saw that she had had a drinking part problem, like starting at like age 13 or 14. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's insane mm-hmm. to start that young. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's heartbreaking, but I'm glad that she finally has had the found the strength to to be sober, and yeah. now she's starting her sober and journey. It's also wild that she was working that entire time. Like she wasn't just on I know. Three Little Liars. Like she has a lot of other films. She mm-hmm. has a lot. You know what I mean? Like she's been in a lot of different movies. She hasn't been pigeonholed by Pretty Little Liars. She's had a a very successful career, and it's like think about even how much more successful she could have been if she was not struggling. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with that behind the scenes. I agree with that. And um, then we have a couple good shows coming out in March, like the back half of you. Survivor mm-hmm. starts Wednesday. Survivor. I'm so excited. Love is and Blind season four starts like the end of March. Yes, the end of March. And also when Survivor comes back on, Tyson will be picking up his podcast again on ringer podcast network where he'll be recapping survivors i'll have to listen i haven't before so i'll listen to it this season it's so good because tyson is 
<laughs> like such a dick sometimes. He's just oh, yeah. so blunt and honest. <laughs> and he's just like, yeah, this guy sucks. Oh, I totally get rid of him. Like he, he's just so funny. So definitely give that a listen. But I'm excited for Survivor to start because the last two seasons have been amazing. I know. And I just love Jeff Probst. He is legitimately the best host yeah. ever. I love that he's evolved with the ages. Me too. Although TJ Lavin is that. another good host. But. <laughs> yeah, but TJ is a masochist. And oh, he yeah. just loves pain. <laughs> he loves he putting does. people through pain. But no, but yeah, but Jeff Probst, he is. He's very with the times. And yeah. he's, he's called out contestants on their shitty behavior. And yeah. he's just, he's... A great, great host. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And <laughs> he has to stay around forever because they definitely won't have a show without him. <laughs> no, so. you can't. You you legitimately cannot. It's been on now over 40 seasons. You can't have a different host. Yeah. You just yeah. can't. So it has to be Jeff like, Probst. I just wish that I could rest, but I cannot. <laughs> no, never. But, like, he lives the best life. He's in, like... Fiji, like yeah. all the time. <laughs> he lo- yeah, he definitely loves it. He definitely is like <laughs> he spends half of his year. <laughs> can we do this year? Yeah, yeah. Like he's on a tropical island for half a year. That's a pretty good life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're not wrong. And he's swimming in cash. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so our book questions for each other. I believe I go first because you went first last time. Right? Yes. Okay. So I have my question for you. We've talked recently about how the horror books you have been reading lately are not particularly up to snuff for you. Mm-hmm. So I want you to tell me what is the best horror book you've ever read or tell me one that left a really big impact on you. Oh, that's so hard. That's um, why I put you on the spot. It's the whole point. Yeah, but <laughs> I'm just forgetting every book I've ever read in my entire <laughs> life. Um, <laughs> Let me see. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I always throw like these quite, I don't know why I I, I like to think of these hard questions. Okay. This, this is not fair because I don't remember any book that I've ever read. Um, But I will say that the book I read recently, Gone to See the River Man, left an impact because it was extremely dark and I'm not going to give away any spoilers but Mm -hmm. there was the main character was just like a real piece of trash like you find out through the book just all these horrible 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 things that she's done and the way the writer wrote her you still didn't hate her like you were still kind of rooting for her and then you add in the whole horror element and basically the idea is that she is corresponding with this man who's in jail for murdering like 35 women and not just murdering, but like desecrating their corpses, like mm. necrophilia, just oh, a no. whole lot of horrible stuff. And he like sends her on an errand to go see the river man. And that's the whole story is her going to see the river man. And the horror part is basically you have to sell your soul to the river man to get what you want. Okay. And so it's just very creepy. It, it gives you this like this idea. You start thinking about like what would you, what would be so important to you that you would give up your soul, but also like that you would take that risk. You know? Oh, what I, I mean? know. I and, love like, those stories. Yeah, because then you start thinking about it, and you're like, holy shit! Like if I was placed with this decision, 
if I was faced with this decision, like what would I do? And, Mm -hmm. and like I said, like you're rooting for her, even though she's horrible. Yeah. So it's definitely not my favorite of all time, but, but it left an impact. So that's it left fair. An impact. It, it, it left an, an impact. You answered the question. You answered <sighs> the question. Like, and if you want, listen, think of your best horror book. <laughs> come back for Ketchup Corner next month. All Hit right. me with it. All right. All right. That's fair <laughs> enough. That's fair enough. Okay. <laughs> so now you have to answer the question. Yes. Oh. Oh, I don't read horror, though. <laughs> You're supposed but to answer your own question. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> well okay that's i did read a really i had talked to you about this i did read a pretty good horror book last year called hide by i believe i believe the author was kirsten white and it takes place at an abandoned amusement park and okay. basically it's kind of like a more horrific version of the hunger games so oh. there's 10 or 12 contestants and they're all invited to this park and no one, there's money up for grabs. Whoever does, basically the winner gets gets this pot of money. Mm-hmm. But what the contestants don't know is that there's this demon running amok throughout the amusement park, killing two people a night. So they didn't know Holy that crap. they didn't know that coming to this amusement park was going to lead to their death. And there's this whole backstory to it. It was actually really, really good. I want you to read it because I think I you'd mean, like it. Not me adding it to my Goodreads right now. As no, we're it was. <laughs> yeah, I. It was really, really good. And I really don't give too much away because you have to read the backstory to really get what happens. Well, I love but, the whole idea of like Hunger Games, but with horror. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. Cool. It's it and it creeped me out a couple times. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. Okay, I'm yeah. definitely going to read that. Yes, thanks for the reminder that I have to answer my own damn question. <laughs> Put you at a spot, too. <laughs> this was my idea, too, and I, like, forgot. I <laughs> Bear with us, everyone. It's only our second episode of Bookish Banter. <laughs> I'll just blame it on pregnancy brain. It's fine. <laughs> it's true. Okay, all right. Ready for my question, which yes. I am prepared to answer myself also. Perfect. Okay. Love it. <laughs> okay, if you could have any book made into a movie or TV series with you writing the screenplay. So it would be exactly as close to the book as you wanted it to be. What would be the book? For context, I went with a more recent book I read because any book made my brain like turn into mush. So it could be, you know, it doesn't have to be any book of all time. Um, And it can be something that was already adapted that you would do differently. Hmm. I've read a lot of good books that I think would make good movies. And you know what? I think I have to go with The Great Alone by Chris and Hannah after reading it because it's a it time jumps. Mm -hmm. So it starts in the early 1970s, and I think ends in like the late 90s. Okay, but it's a really it would be a very it would be a great visual movie Mm -hmm. because it takes place in Alaska and it takes place in a rural part of Alaska that Mm -hmm. deals with having their summers are great but their winters are bad because mm-hmm. they have four hours of daylight oh i cannot imagine I really and it's can't. just and it's such an emotional riveting story and i think that it would make a fantastic movie but it would be a long it would be a long movie it would be like a two yeah. and a half hour movie because you don't be, want to miss out on any details would it be better as a series or better as a movie i think a movie yeah yeah i don't think there's enough to make it a series i mean there's not enough there's not enough context because a lot of the a lot of the book is visual writing okay 
Okay. So the the storyline is great. Don't get me wrong, but I mm-hmm. think it's would make a better movie because of how visually amazing it is. Yeah. So it would need to be like a high budget movie yeah. filmed somewhere mm-hmm. beautiful. Okay. All right. I like that. Yeah. Okay. So I picked the Butterfly Garden by Dot Hutchison, which I read last year. It's basically about a bunch of young women who are kidnapped and they're intricately tattooed to look like different species of butterflies. Oh. And then they're kept in a garden by a man called the gardener who does horrible things to them. Um, But the imagery in the book was so incredible. Like the way that they describe these butterflies and the way they describe that, like these women are being held in captivity and having to bond with these strangers but they're in this beautiful garden and there's like a pond that they sit near. It's just like, it's a very conflicting thing. And then they, then there's like a whole Stockholm syndrome part of it, you know? Um, So even though it's like super dark and just has disturbing themes, I think a movie adaptation would just be so visually compelling because of, you know, the butterflies being kept in the garden. I think, yeah, I think that does your description of it sounds like it would be another good visual movie. Yeah, it was also a very good book. I would recommend. I will. I'm gonna, I will add that to my Goodreads. <laughs> we need to stop adding books to our Goodreads. Yeah, I know. My like good my Goodreads want to read list is like 400 books now. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it's, I'm it's getting out of I'm never going to get to all of them, but I'm going to do my best. Yep. Hey, we're working on it. We are working on it. <laughs> So that's our podcast, our bonus monthly episode. Yeah, that's all I've got for you. So you can find us on TikTok and Instagram. We're at Fully Booked Calf Pod. Give us a follow. Shoot us a message. If you want to ask us a book question, we can answer it on our March episode. And I know we'll have time are... to prepare. That would be yes. wonderful. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> we also have an email. Same thing, Fully Booked fullybookedcathpod at gmail.com you can shoot us an email with any book questions any we're going to eventually do like special episodes so we'll ask you guys for like books you want us to talk about etc etc yeah if you have any feedback for us if you have Mm -hmm. any anything you know any recommendations we'd love to hear it yes so thanks for checking us out and remember if you need us we're fully booked Bye. bye